Hi everyone, my name is Raya Puridi and today we will embark on a journey into the realms of housing finance and the social impact in today's podcast episode. Join us as we uncover the distinguished career of Mr. Jayesh Shah, a veteran in the finance industry, from shaping online loan processing systems to championing financial inclusion. Mr. Shah's story is a testament to a lifelong of dedication to making home ownership accessible to all. He is currently the CEO of Swadantra MHFC. Mr. Shah, during my internship with a microfinance company, as I visited clients' homes, I realized their desire to own a home was very deep-rooted. What has inspired you to take up a career in housing finance? Okay, so um, uh, a career in housing finance probably I could say is by accident. Uh, you know, I look back. Uh, I, I placed at uh, a, com- a relatively new company then called um, Housing uh, Finance Corporation, HDFC, Housing Development Finance Corporation, which at that time um, was the only housing finance company in India. And housing concept, housing finance was a new concept. But the very fact that, um, um, you know, you're doing individual loans to people um, to buy and purchase houses was quite exciting. And at that time, I remember I, uh, I read an article that, um, you know, how much shortage of housing is there, is there in India. And the shortage is more due to the access to finance than anything else. So, you know, it, it was just a coincidence that um, HDFC happened to visit our campus and I was uh, quite excited with this whole idea. I applied and I got the job. And that's how my career in housing finance began. That sounds incredible. From my understanding, Mr. Shah, you have assisted underserved communities who lack documentation gain housing finance. Could you please expand on any of the methods that MHFC has employed to grant such access? Sure. So before I come to your question, answer to the question, let me give you a background. So when I started my career in housing finance, for the first 23 years I worked with HPFC, which, uh, which were essentially, um, while we were you know, trying to address the housing shortage, the clients that we were you know, giving loans to were people from the formal income. And, and um, uh, they already had access to credit beyond a point in time, had it not been HDFC, there was another bank or there was another housing finance company, or there had different alternates available for them to access their finance to buy or purchase a house. But during that journey in 2013, I realized that the real shortage of housing is not in this sector. The real shortage of housing in the country is in the low-income sector. And, and the challenge there is on two sides. One is access to finance and therefore, um, you know, creating the demand required to be able to buy those houses. And because of lack of tax, there was no supply. So, uh, in 2008 and 2009, when we, we, we started our journey at uh, uh, micro-housing finance, uh, we realized that access to finance, of course, was a big uh, gap that existed. But also, there are serious challenges on the supply side. Because um, houses costing 
uh, affordable houses for that low-income segment were very few. And there was really a no market-driven solution to this whole thing. And our attempt at Microsoft Finance Corporation was to create that, um, you know, market solution where there is enough demand for supply to be interested to come in and, you know, create that supply. So what are we doing differently for addressing this, uh, you know, this set of clients that we do? So let, let me tell you, well, the principle pretty much remains the same. You know, I think, I think um, there's a quote that uh, uh, Professor Mohamed Yunus uh, said, and, and we, we truly believe in it. And that's, that sort of forms, forms the foundation of our entire appraisal act. Microhousing practice company. And he said that it's not people who are not critical, it's the banks who are not people worthy. So, what we try and do is try and be people worthy. We need to understand and assess our customers before we decide whether they can do anything. And it's that understanding which makes all the difference. In a typical um, loan transaction that understanding is based on documents it could be based on tax returns it could be based on bank statements it could be based on salary it could be based on various kinds of documents whereas our set of customers do not have those kind of documents and they work in the informal sector this i mean you know an example is a, a peace follower or it could be a, a, a taxi driver now, the difference between a normal housing finance and this is how do we assess this income? And, and one of the big differences is um, we actually try and understand the profession, try and understand the kind of cash flows that we generate. There may not be documents, but when you speak to a T-store owner or you speak to a taxi driver, you can really get an idea of what is the kind of money that he makes? How many trips? What is the average? What is the average fare that he gets? What is the total money minus what his fuel cost is? So you can sort of arrive at a tentative cash flow that he probably could be sending. The second big difference really is that you don't need to know exactly what his income is. You, know, you don't need to know his income is fifteen thousand two hundred and fifty rupees. No, that's not required. As long as we have a rough estimate, a fairly good estimate, not a rough one, a fairly good estimate of what is income. Say if we you know his installment on the loan is going to be 5,000 rupees, if we you know that he approximately earns about 15,000 rupees, whether he'll be able to afford that 5,000 rupees or not. Now, whether he's earning 15,000 or 16,000 or you know, 14,000, it's fine. As long as we are quite close to that estimate and we have assessed his affordability of the installment of 5,000, we are good enough. So the whole emphasis moves from deriving an income to assessing income. So my third question is that we see the stark contrast between affordable housing and existing informal housing today. Does Vatantra also help finance the clients in this informal housing sector? So, yes and no, both. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, um, 
Very frankly, I mean, you know, the way housing, informal and formal housing is defined, I think there are various definitions and people understand it in different ways. But uh, for me, I would say that an informal housing is where you do not have formal title documents. Yeah. And, um, you know, or the kind of required permissions that you need, standard mandatory permission that you need for the house. And uh, a lack of that would probably qualify as an informal housing. Now, um, while we mostly do formal housing, we do partner with some um, uh, social organizations where we sort of do informal housing where we are converting those informal housing into formal housing. For example, um, in Ahmedabad, uh, there are a lot of slums which are approved slums, you know, they are notified slums. And the government has introduced a scheme where they can pay a certain amount and get their informal titles converted to formal titles. Right? So that is financing informal housing. But at the same time, the end use is, you know, at the end of it, it's, it's going to be formal. And when you convert it into a formal housing, then you can do a lot of other things. You can do, uh, you know, renovate a house, you can rebuild your house, and all of that with a proper formal security. Uh, pure informal housing is not, uh, uh, it's difficult to do because of multiple reasons. Number one, you are encouraging people to build without following the norms, which is not very good. Second, you know, in the in the in, uh, in the informal sector, especially in the low-income houses, the difference is so much. You know, people given a choice don't care about the title, they won't care about the permissions or the bylaws to be followed because that you know eventually adds cost. So if if there's access to finance available for such houses, probably you know we'll have a, a, a development which is not what uh, you know would be really desirable by the uh, authorities, by the you know town planners and for all for the customer as well because you are investing money for a house you know which has does not have a clear title. So you know it's, it's not a very good uh, system. So that's why we discourage financing informal houses. Right? But we work with a lot of governments trying to see what are the solutions possible for converting informal houses. Like, you know, Orissa government is a classic example. They have, um, you know, uh, where, where proper titles were not possible. They have given land rights certificates to all the people in the slums. Now, a land rights certificate is a right to the particular piece of land where they are owning a house. And once uh, you know, the customer or the family has a land rights certificate, LRC, the LRC is a mortgageable document. They can borrow money and, you know, reconstruct the house. So today, I think most of the slums in Orissa um, are, have, have uh, LRCs where, you know, the beneficiary families can actually borrow money. I think the work that Swatantra and the government do are doing together to cause such great impact sounds very incredible. And transitioning into the next question, I would want to ask what are the most significant challenges that your customers and these customers that they're 
you're talking about face today and how do you feel that they can overcome them um i think in the in the low income uh, housing i think supply still remains the biggest challenge adequate supply for purchasing the house um it's it, uh, it, it because you know the supply is in two forms one is a ready house where some builder can come forward and build houses for them or availability of land mm. right yes sir i think um the the challenge has moved from access to finance to supply because over the years we now have a lot of institutions who are now looking at this segment um more openly with with you know with with a um, uh, uh potential of um, you know uh, a big market there so uh interest rates have come down there uh, in and what it was earlier uh access to finance will become a lot easier but i think the biggest challenge would remain the supply Okay, when I was reading your website, I saw that Swazantra MHFC is founded on the tenets of disruption through innovation. What is the most important technological advancement you feel that can help people today? Two things. One is on on the self construction bit. You know, today a lot of construction, especially in the uh, uh, non-metro, which is outside the big cities, uh, is self construction by the customer. by the piece of land and constructs his house now a multiple challenges there i mean this is the first time someone's constructing their own house you know he um, says okay let me start i think the estimate would be five lakhs there is no clue when he ends up completing the house it could be 7 lakhs it could be 8 lakhs it could be 10 lakhs it could be any and and the reason for that is i think there is not enough technology available to be able to Do a very accurate or at least near to accurate estimation. Um, the second thing is, um, you know, availability of building materials and different types of building materials. One of the choice of building materials he has at one place where you know some some guidance, some technology which can be used, which is the right technology. It's all standard technology. I mean, while we all been thinking about and talking about. Uh, bringing down cost or you know seeing how to make that house affordable the the only variable that we have is the size of the house or a few things like okay in so an x type of flooring why don't we use a y type of flooring it will come up but not much innovation has gone into using different technology why there are different technologies available um, but the willingness Having or that access to that technology for a common man to be able to use that to bring the cost down, I think is one of the biggest. Um, the second thing in technology, as far as uh, the housing finance industry is concerned, I think it's it clearly evolved. Um, uh, you know, we we now. Have most of our transactions happening, you know, digitally. Payment of loans happen digitally. Uh, but I think it's it's a it's a constant evolving process as the customer requirements change, as the geographies of where we are lending change, as um, the you know profile of customers in the sense 
you know, today when we are doing a loan to a fisherman in Larissa, or we are doing a loan to a rickshaw driver in Mumbai, or when you are doing a loan to a chaiwala in Andhavan, then each one would have a different profile. And as long as we have that technology to for their customer to be able to repay his loan easily, and you know, transparently access the statement of accounts, you know, in case he has any service issues on the loan, he wants to make a small prepayment, he wants to know exactly what his balance is. That communication, I think, is, is something where we still, you know, is a working process as far as technology is. Thank you. And now we come to a couple of the last questions that we have. The second last question I have is, what was the best project you've had in your career? Okay, that's an interesting but a difficult question. Because I think when we started microhousing finance, I think that was the biggest and the most, I thought that was the best project. I think it remains because that's where it all started. Yeah. I mean, you know, having done housing finance for 23 years, it was a easy job. You know, doing a loan with a person walking into the salary slip saying that I want to purchase this house. You know, doing an assessing loan was very easy. But when someone walks in and said, I don't have any documents, I don't have anything, but I need a house. So, the biggest challenge was, was when we set up MHFC and um, uh, at that time, um, you know, the challenge was that how do we assess this thing? How do we set up a process of assessing incomes, not for a short-term loan, but a long-term housing loan, we going to get deeper or 14, 15 years without any doubt. Um, and then, once we got there, there were different sets of, uh, types of customers we came across. We came across customers um, in, in the informal sector. We came across customers which were completely taboo. I mean, people said, you know, how can you do a loan to these sort of customers? And what we kept in mind, I think what we thought we understood is we are absolutely adversary to the fact what is the source of it. As long as we understood the source of it, um, we didn't really bother whether you know, the person is a, a, a rickshaw driver or whether the person is a businessman or whether the person is a lawyer or someone is a, uh, you know, what profession is. Uh, we did not have any negative list like a lot of clients and a lot of institutions. Yeah. We started with a very clean slate. We said we look at each loan as one. We understand the customer, understand the requirements, understand the story of the customer. I think a lot of emphasis right from day one to in, we continue facing is on the story of the We very strongly feel that every single customer, every single family buying a house has a unique story to that purchase or construction of a house. And, and if you understand that story well, we are quite sure that we understand the risk involved in the case as a lender. And if you understand the risk well, I think we know exactly how to structure that loan. And that's exactly what we've done. Whether we've done loans to fishermen, fishermen in Arista, or whether we've done loans to carpenters in Pakistan, uh, or maybe, you know, farmers, uh, you know, assessing dairy incomes and agricultural incomes in Madhya Pradesh, or, uh, you know, maybe a, a formal, a semi-formal, uh, you know, small entrepreneur in Andaman. I think what was most interesting about what you said was that the risk that's involved in you as a lender and the customers as your borrowers, you look at it as different 
people with different stories and structure it in different ways so that it's easier for them to pay back the loan uh, which is very uh, different from a bank where they just look at each consumer as one entity not understanding that there's a difference so i think that's amazing and that transitions me to the last question we have uh, which is if you could collaborate with any global leader or personality on a project who would it be and what type of project would you um, envision i don't i mean just off the off the thing i don't know one personality that comes to my mind but uh, as an organization i would definitely say organizations organizations like habitat for humanity mm. organizations which are working for the homeless i would be organizations where we would love to work with and uh, uh people who understand uh the need for houses and the challenges involved in need for houses i think is the is as an organization we would work with. as i said assessing credit making credit available is the easier part the difficult part is one the supply and the second one is communicating with these customers a lot of our customers don't even know that there is an opportunity for them to borrow money and build a house now if if you know we can get through to them and communicate that there is an opportunity i think well okay so all patients who have that focus on housing That sounds amazing. Thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you. Bye.